Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Black Diplomats. I'm your host, Terrell Starr. Today is the one-year anniversary of the January 6th insurrection on the Capitol. As many of you know, Trump supporters, upset that Donald Trump lost the 2020 presidential election to Joe Biden, organized and invaded the Capitol, destroying government property and threatening the lives of members of Congress. More than 700 people have been charged in connection to the attempted coup, and over 160 people have pleaded guilty to various charges for their actions that day. What makes this episode so interesting is that my friend, photojournalist and writer, Ira Lupu, who's originally from Ukraine, was hanging at my place the night before heading to DC to capture some images of the protest. I warned her that a crowd full of angry Trump supporters pissed that their guy lost the election was potentially dangerous. Ira has been in the States for more than two years, during which she graduated from the New Media Narratives Program at the International Center of Photography here in New York City. Now, here's the thing. She isn't completely comfortable going ham on what she really thinks about that day because she isn't used to sharing her political views publicly. But she's a friend, and we both thought it was really important to hear a Ukrainian who was new to the country reflect on January 6th and tell us what she's learned about the United States. Here's our conversation, y'all. All right, so I'm looking at you right now and I remember this same moment last year and you were telling me that you're going to Washington, D.C., to um, take photography of these protests of the election. And I was like, be careful, girl. Be careful, be careful, because, you know, white folks are crazy. And, and you're not, you know, you're not, you know, you may be able to blend in for a minute, but that's right about it. <laughs> so, so I just, given all that's happened right now, I just want you to just take me, to what you actually witnessed, because you witnessed history. That that really it is. You witnessed history as an, a, a Ukrainian that came over here, and so you really got an inside look into the pol politics and the race dynamics of our country. Uh, yeah, Terrell, and the most interesting part about about that is actually I never thought something like that would happen. You know, my kind of like. Um, weird strategy as an independent journalist sometimes is to come not fully prepared to some like places or like to some people because I love this element of like surprise and like clean mind when you're like not you don't have a lot of preconceptions about what is happening so in that case I didn't research like too deeply what exactly is going to happen what is the plan of like the pro-Trump protesters um and I didn't even know that something like capital um insurrection is going to happen even though now back then like thinking about what i've witnessed before the main part of the whole event was uh, before it all like started you know like happening you know all the explosions and like the actual insurrection um i remember i was like taking pictures 
of you know i was trying you know to infiltrate the crowd and to make some like more like intimate like secret pictures like with my small camera so i wasn't like in a full like completely photojournalist mode and i was really i got really interested in a crowd of people who now i understand were the proud boys in their like full ammunition you know having all those like protectors on their knees on their elbows like full body equipment and back then i didn't think that you know like it didn't cross my mind that it it might be something for you know like a you know a serious strategic preparation for something to me it seemed like you know just a riot you know or protest protection so it's actually interesting in a way how raw and how kind of like how green my mind was about what was happening but it also you know added up to my experience a lot i think so why do you think that your mind may have been green at the time um that's a good question um i think it was i think i'm still learning a lot because i'm here in the u.s only for like two consistent years i've been visiting a lot before that but anyways and i'm still learning a lot um i'm still trying to not make any like you know i still try not to judge anything happening here even though like i might have some of my private opinions and um you know i still feel like i'm a guest in many ways right i'm not technically an immigrant i'm on a work visa so some things i have to observe and learn while they're happening yeah and that was the case with the you know for example like for me the republican community like the pro-trump community was more like from a real tale back then right because like mostly of course like in new york my community is mostly like people people who are like leaning more towards like liberal ideas like left ideas like democratic party or um you know just something the ideas which are normally being like connected to this kind of like um part of the um conversation let's put it this way but i've never had an actual experience of like being among many people who would be supporting like the opposite part so for me it was like a introduction to a big chunk of this country and of course like a quite intense one in many ways so here's what we know there have been number of people who have been convicted mm-hmm. of of various crimes right including um, going inside of the Capitol. You know, there's just been a lot of people who've been sentenced to a year, you know, more, what have you. And this basically was an insurrection. This was, these were a group of people who tried to overturn um, an election. Somebody's people who tried to take over a government, literally. So did you ever think as a Ukrainian, all the things that you have heard about America, uh, that this could happen here. Um, I'm remembering. I think it was someone from one of your last podcasts. I think it was like um, political consultant of Bernie Sanders or yeah. someone like that who said, um, or he. It was a quote of someone, probably maybe not his direct quote, when he said, "What was happening at the Capitol to many people? It seemed like something like that could happen only in a third world country." So in many ways, um, I would say uh, I would never, I was never able to imagine something like that happening in the U.S. from my, um, you know, maybe still like somewhat stereotypical, um, you know, um, 
view on the country even though like i live here i still think like you know i'm as i said i'm only learning but on the other hand um you know as kind of like a little insulting this quote that i just told you about maybe on the other hand i did really feel something similar to when i was um in 2014 on the maidan uh in the revolution in ukraine i wasn't there on maidan while like the the bloodiest like the bloodshed was happening i was there on like on the more peaceful days and i'm totally not saying that it was like in some ways um that you can compare the two events of course but i would say the energy of the crowd like the vibe you know this um very pronounced feeling of discontent was something dissatisfaction in the crowd it was also like very um i felt it a lot and also um something that um i should also um you know um be like straightforward about there was like a really in the um, capital crowd there was like a really um you know there was a friendly vibe in a fun way of course like i didn't feel i was i, I felt like there was like a lot of eyes on me and people all kind of like see that i might be a journalist and they don't trust me fully but among like the protesters themselves there was like a big um you know like they were united and a lot of them were like super happy to have this like community uh, moment in their life so um i think these are the parts where i can kind of compare of course not in a direct way um you know things that i witnessed in um other parts of my life in other parts of the globe and down here but of course i would never um feel like something like that would happen in the u.s but it was not the first time i remember in the beginning um of june uh while the black lives matter protest started actually um i had the same feeling it was the first time i had this feeling i've been also still at, in the school with a lot of my american classmates and um their energies and um you know the way they reacted and um you know once again this like very intense feeling of like dissatisfaction like grief like anger um i also felt like i've seen that i've seen that with my maidan and like ukrainian experience so i think it's might be like a very bold statement but um it felt like a very human element that unites us all in a very weird way even as different as all the groups i've mentioned could be yeah you talk about the sense of unity that you felt in both crowds and do you feel like that unity that you felt came from different places and in your personal opinion where do you feel the feelings for each group of people came from as best as you can explain it because I'm particularly interested in your kind of outsider perspective of someone that's that's from Ukraine mm -hmm. um yeah I mean it's hard for me to tell um you know for sure about like the American crowd and like the pro-Trump crowd because um once again I'm I was never like I've never had like I've never been in direct contact I never had like an opportunity to have like a very honest conversation with some of them I only can like repeat the things that I heard and like you know in some like you know podcasts or, or interviews or something like that um and I can say for sure that 
some of those things were coming from different places, even for people in the crowd, even though I mentioned previously the unity, because I think at, at the moment when things were started like escalating and when it started getting a little more violent, I clearly saw there was like a group of like Trump supporters who like backed up a little and were like, no, we don't want to participate in like in the more mostly women um, in this part. And they started, you know, like, you know, trying to like escape like went to the railway station um and else they were not like into like pushing this to a limit where it becomes like more violent it's hard to compare with the ukrainian thing i can say that at the point where it happened in ukraine for sure it was like um you know a feeling of an ongoing um you know, just, yeah, dissatisfaction with, like, how things are. I think it's the poor, the point where, like, a lot of revolutionary movements and, you know, um, protests just start. Yeah, naturally, it's, like, the feeling that something is not right. Um, then this may be, like, a hope for something different, which was, like, very... It was very like light moment, like in many ways. Before the things like started being like too bloody and like too extreme, even like in Ukraine, um, it was all filled with kind of like light and like very big hope for the change. You know, people were like, you know, under this very, um, you know, I would say even precious, you know. Um, they were having all those like precious feeling about what happened like for many years and they still do have those feelings you know it felt like a very important page in the history it felt like a moment when we can really stand up and change something um even though like looking back you know of course like there was like some naivete like involved in some like smaller maybe moments and of course like most of the people are not like fully happy of how things evolved but this for sure was like a moment of um, you know, um, big chance and like big hope. How tell? I just want you to walk me through the moments when it really got intense. Now, when you're in the crowd, tell me first. Your your. Uh, I, I want you to explain to me if you knew that these people have gone into the Capitol and all the video and images that you that that we've seen on television. If you, um saw any of that happening but just tell me about your own personal experience like you're just walking through and seeing all of this go forth the worst and how were you doing your job capturing these moments so we started like from this like enormous like monument which the other day i just read about like all the masonic symbols uh, <laughs> you know people just love talking about like american like the masonic connection especially in like eastern european media especially the you know russian propagandistic uh, media and uh, so it all started back there for me it was like a moment like a calmer calmer moment when i was able to you know look in the people's faces you know the crowd was like kind of dense um it all felt like complete madness when i arrived there it was like so overwhelming and so intense it was i think it was visceral from the very get-go but um of course i didn't 
in, I didn't think it will get as visceral as it got in the end. Yeah, so for, in the beginning, while the Trump, like while Trump was giving his speech and all the crowd was listening, you know, I was also like meticulously like writing down all the quotes, um, everything I overheard in the crowd, which sometimes were like really funny expressions, like when Trump was talking and he said something like, "I'm gonna join you when you go to the Capitol" or something like that, and some people were like, "Oh, I really doubt he would like go with us down there," you know. Um, um, so yeah, it was like a more like a calmer, um, almost intimate moment, even though like, of course, like some of the things like happening, like ladies in uh, Leopard, uh, overalls, like carrying the QAnon, um, like posters saying something like wake up and smell the bullshit and with this like a capital Q letter, uh, there were things like that, but there were also like, you know, there was like, um, you know, kind of like simple quote-unquote simple people of america you know um obviously from like more agricultural states um from what it felt like to me um you know there was like as i told you like this friendly energy in the crowd um and i was really challenged by that in a way because i didn't feel like you know, as I told you, like, before we started recording the podcast, that I felt like uh, if someone becomes, like, too interested of, like, who am I, what I'm shooting, like, who I'm shooting for, then they go on my Instagram and then they see something, like, that I did an assignment for New York Times or something like that, that it might be, like, a little, you know, um, it might um, corrupt my whole experience, let's put it that way. Yeah, people I think they didn't approach me directly. I feel like I was on the verge of that a couple of times, but I was like, you know, I felt like it's, it's the time to disappear. And like, you know, also I'm not a big fan of like doing like straightforward, like in the face photography when people obviously don't want to, don't want that, even though it's like a public event and then kind of like consent to it by being there. I'm still not a big fan of it. Like I respect everyone's privacy. You know, this poster that I have down here that I kept from that day and that I brought to show you. So this is like this blue stolen election poster, which was like all around um, the crowd and people were passing them like to one another. And uh, when a person passed it to me uh, and when another person approached and tried to stick the uh, gun guns matter or something like that, gun save lives uh, sticker on my jacket, it was like a very, um, you know, um, weird moment for me because it was not the moment where I can say, and they were like kind of testing you and looking you in the eyes, like kind of like, how do you feel about that, you know? And if they would see like a, I felt like if they would see like a, like a blink of uncertainty in my eye. So, of course, like what I had to do is like to allow the sticker to be like sticked on my jacket, like just to smile in like this weird, like, you know, weird, weirded out, like awkward smile and then just, you know, um, walk away and just peel it off of my jacket. And same with this like poster, like I, I kept it in a moment when I was like close, like too close to a group of proud boys, even though like, as I told you, I didn't expect them to be like proud boys or something like that big, but I felt like it's like more militarized, like more you know, like, people who were emanating, like, this uh, toxic masculinity kind of vibe, let's put it this way, and um, I kept this poster close to me, so I was like, yeah, I'm just carrying it because I need it for my records, but also for them, it might be, like, a symbol that I might be, you know, so I was trying to do those, like, small little tricks safety. just just for safety, yeah, because I, um, overall, I never feel safe in a big crowd, um, and here I didn't feel safe like double the time because I didn't know what to expect and um 
you know, absolutely. Um, and also, like, you know, crowds tend to get crazy at some point, and especially, like, the crowds like that. So, yeah, that was the first part. And then, um, I mean, it's quite a long way from this part of D.C. to capital. I think it's around, like, 40-minute walking, right? And so everyone, like, started walking, like, in this really, like, you know... They were on a mission, you know. Um, so I've been walking with them. I had, I knew that we were going to Capitol, but um, and I heard what Trump said, but I didn't fully maybe understand back then what is being planned and like what is the real reason of like going to the Capitol. To me, it seemed like you know people will just like you know protest for like protest like for their life, like you know just um, you know show their banners and like continue like the peaceful protest. Um, and that's also when I say that I came unprepared is just because I didn't know that something like that could be planned and would be planned. So I turned out to be in one of the first crowds to approach capital. So, um, and the things were evolving kind of like before my eyes, I didn't see, um, the part of when they started to actually try to break through. I mean, I saw it from the distance, but I, I, no part of me would ever imagine that like the real goal of it, the real goal of it is like to actually invade the capital. Yeah. Kind of like storm it. Um, and that was also the moment uh, we were all like standing there in the lawn and I was like, kind of like infiltrating the crowd again. And like, you know, um, for me, like the, the human element and like the particular characters were um i think they were getting like more of my attention than like you know the whole scope of things at that point um you know as a photographer like you as like photographers say you have to wear your photographer eyes it's like a certain like especially with like street photography or like documentary photography it's like a special mode when you're like kind of like your vision is a little like dissolved and you just like focus on like you know like smaller elements you're looking for this picture for this something for this like symbol or for this metaphor to emerge you know in something which is happening before your eyes um and you know so then there was this moment of like when we started hearing more more explosions and every time the explosion like you know the minor i don't know what it was like a firework type of thing like when it or like the um yeah the the fumes and everything like that um every time the crowd especially like as i told you like those more peaceful protesters would like back 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 up like back just go back like a little and i was among them and at some point, um, I think at that point it was already like two hours or maybe even three hours. At least that's how my body and like mind remember it. Um, when the things were like, as the things started happening. And suddenly, like I remember this moment like so clearly, I felt like a very, like, you know, like a wave of like huge fatigue in my body. It's like I just suddenly realized how tired I am you know, that I need to, like, you know, like, find a bathroom or something, you know, just to, like, get myself in place. I started texting uh, my friend um, Polina, who is Asian, by the way, and we had, um, you know, she's, like, Asian-Russian, and we had a few concerns about her safety in the beginning. But in the end, uh, honestly, like, there's been, like, more people of color in the crowd that I expected, not too many of them, but still. So we, at least it was good that I kind of felt safe for her when I lost her in the crowd. Um, so we decided to meet each other at the railway station. And there was like the railway station at this moment was already packed. Like a lot of people were trying to leave. 
um, and um, that was the moment when we got this message on our like smartphones, um, you know, this emergency kind of like um, alert that um, the um, this that now it's being imposed that I think at 5 p.m. back then that it's gonna be like a moment where everyone like should just leave the place and that was also the moment when somebody I think my boyfriend like texted me that like somebody was shot in the capital and that's the actual storming of the capital happened and they got inside um honestly like I'm just <laughs> thanking god that I didn't stay till the moment when people got inside the capital because I don't know how my journalist brain would react probably I would think that my maybe like documentarian duties to go inside but on the other hand you know um back then I didn't have like um you know media ID or something like that so I would like put myself in a weird situation and every time I read about um you know those um trials like like with the people who kind of like invaded the capital even just stepped in i'm kind of like always thinking oh what 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 would have happened if i was inside and like in the in the capital like would they and i didn't have like any like official paper or something with me because it was like a totally like um independent journalist like initiative even though like the thing got published in the end so yeah and then i um yeah, I'm sorry for such a long speech, but I'm like really like living through everything like right now with you. Um, and then when I read about that, I should say there was such a thing that maybe like a rush of adrenaline or something. Um, I I think it was like that, like when I just tried to like, you know, analyze what happened back there because my... Um, I kind of like, you know, it's kind of like um, almost like weird to um, certify, but um, when I read about like this first shooting and the actual, um, you know, insurrection taking place and people like being like that they entered the capital, I had this urge to go back and to see what's happening, you know? So I did. Um, and of course, outside it was still more kind of like, it was like a crazy cheering and like all those flags, including like this huge American flag on those, um, you know, um, construction site, like um, the structures that were there by the Capitol at the time and this Confederacy flag um, and all that. Um, and people were like at this point, like so frantically, just like, you know, just scaring, like, you know, holding their posters and like it was such a crazy such like enormous energy that's the part where things started getting like really super visceral you know like even like all the senses would kind of like peak and I'm the person who's like completely foreign to the whole situation right like um and I can imagine how um how passionate and how uh, what happened to the actual protesters right at this point I can imagine that they were like they lost their minds over everything what was happening and they were cheering and they felt like someone was screaming like it's a new world order I remember this like pretty well um yeah and after that I think it was close to this time that they had to shut the city down and yeah I left the the capital scene you didn't realize the danger you were in. Um, I think there were moments where I've been realizing it, and that's why I was, you know, I think this moment when I became, like, super tired and when I wanted to catch a breather and, like, go somewhere else, it was also partially 
the because I realized how dangerous it was, like with all the you know, just when you're in the crowd, you feel it like an almost like some biological, like animal level of you. Um, I think back when I'm thinking of it, like today, I think I didn't fully realize the whole, um, like how dangerous the things could go for me. Uh, but I was also like, kind of like aware of safety, some like healthy safety measures, um, at the time too. Yeah. Tell people what I told you the night before you left. Walk people through that conversation that we had. And the exact, you were sitting in this, actually you were sitting on this ball, I think. Yeah. You were sitting on this medicine ball mm -hmm. and I was sitting right, I was sitting across from you and you were telling me about this protest and everything. So yeah, tell people about it. Um, Honestly, like the only thing I remember like clearly is when you told me um, you were like very surprised by the fact that I'm going there. Maybe you didn't see that I'm that crazy, right? <laughs> um, I remember you showed me this um, trick you can do with your something that they taught you at some um, like personal safety for journalist class, right? That you have to kind of like extend your uh, arms and like, um, yeah, like put your hands like that, like in a kind of like, like show the, how you call this part of the, the of yeah, the top of your hand, like, 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 you know, like that, just to, as opposed to going with the palm of your hand, yeah, that shows aggression. yeah, because that shows aggression, yeah, so that was a really good tip that I've been thinking about all the time when I was there, um, yeah, remember that you warned me that, um, it might be more, it might be very dangerous, then I think we both agreed on the fact that I might benefit from my like white body, which would be like considered like um, Western, like American white body. If, like if you don't come in full contact with me, and then I was like, oh, what if they hear my like Ukrainian accent? And then I was like, oh, maybe they would think I'm like another like you know crazy Republican Russian or something like you know. So uh, they might still <laughs> think we're like someone's like male order bride because. Um, as, uh, you know, I've been, I had an experience, um, I had a one night, one of my like weird journalistic experiments, I had an experience of like working for one day in Odessa as a like translator for a mail order, right? And actually, it's always Odessa. <laughs> of course. Yeah, yeah. Praying on these innocent, virtuous men from America. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I like that you put it this way, like not victimizing the women because most of the cases they are pretty aware of the, what they are doing. But I should tell you that also um, I had only like, it was only my one night of experience of <laughs> translation and then I decided I'd better not like do this investigation. But actually my friend worked for a long time as a translator in Odessa. Everyone, like every student at some point would work in this agency as a translator. Um, and, um, and yeah, and she, she would say like, uh, to be honest, all those like predominantly Midwest, uh, uh, guys, like American guys who would come, uh, you know, for those wives, they also know the game. They know it's a game. So it's like a constant, like, I mean, of course they would be like one or two, like absolutely ignorant men who would get like, you know, but most of the time they know what are they doing and she even called them like touring guys like touring like a superstar like is on a tour like you know this type of guy i was seriously concerned for your safety and since we're two journalists here we i, I could tell you the story 
In 2016, I covered Bernie Sanders' campaign. That was my job. So I traveled around the country to cover him. I told both of my editors that I will not go to any Donald Trump events. I told them to send the white reporters. My black ass is not fucking going. I was serious. No, I told them that. And they're like, okay. And I refuse. Now, here's the thing. There are plenty of black people who go. It, it, God bless them. For one, I'm just not interested in white America like that. So that's just the basic thing. Like I had no interest in understanding their kind of shit. So I just, I just don't have that interest. But also it's the way that the journalists are treated during his campaigns. And I don't know if they continue this the entire campaigns, but he would have these bullpen type situations where the reporters are cornered off in one particular area. Now with Bernie Sanders or any most normal people, you can just kind of, as long as you have your press pass, you can just go wherever you want, you know, be, you know, anything that's not like VIP or whatever, if you know, something like that, um, with the, with the principal, um, but you could pretty much go wherever you want in most campaigns. And I was used to that and I wasn't going to break my flow, but I was concerned for your safety because I know how these things can turn out. And when you think about the black lives matter movement, those, uh, the people who, and again, since, you know, I'm born and raised in America, um, and you know, you go to a black lives matter movement. These are people who are fighting a system of police abuse, a, a wide range of abuses. And with these Trump people, you know, again, Trump was a racist bigot and he, he campaigned on bigotry that was in racism, but we had an election and that Trump clearly lost. And one of the things that a lot of the mainstream media missed in 2016, they did better in 2020. I'm speaking to mainstream media is, um, you know, they, I think that they still fail to appreciate the dangers of Donald Trump just in his just his 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 role as a politician but the man just had a you know just 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 his candidacy it was very dangerous and people didn't pick up on it and I was trying to tell you that I wasn't trying to push my politics on you even though I have them I made them clear it's legitimately dangerous and I feel like we're friends I mean I talked to you and um if I were in Ukraine and if it was something was real, I would want you to tell me. You get what I'm saying? So that's why I broke things down to you the way that I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, something that um, maybe, like, my, my down, like, experience and, like, the experience of having, like, some event which was, like, comparable in 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 like maybe not in the scope it's like very different things but yeah like in this like human emotional element of it no uh, it don't compare because you mentioned I, it like yeah yeah i mean just yeah i just mean the crowd energy the you know like the Maidan had a, yeah the people the people listen the ukrainians in my don had a reason to protest these assholes on january 6th 
did not just had to say it but go ahead yeah 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 absolutely i meant this like only like animal like physical way you know just like this crowd control thing it it will be like maybe almost the same like on a big concert like on like a gig or like a tour that's that's what i mean yeah you know this like Mm -hmm. actual biological energy but on the other hand i think yeah um maybe my experience you know i think about it like a lot these days like when in um, when the 2nd of May happened in Odessa, which was a case when, um, you know, around 60 people were, like, burned to their death um, and or, like, poisoned by the fumes in the center of, like, my native city, which was, um, you know, a terrible event, um, but, like, so um, unclear, like, politically, like, still so weird and, like, still it's maybe... Um, I have my version of what happened there, but like still there was like no super clear official version. There were like, I think a few dominant versions, but I felt, and also this was the year I think when, um, my take on it, like my, I view it as like, it was a year when like Russia was still caressing like the thought that it can invade Odessa too and like grab it together with like Rumi and Donbass. And um, that was a year when I was hearing, like, waking up in the night um, very often because I heard some, like, explosions in the city. And there were, like, a lot of, like, very weird, you know, unexplainable unexplainable explosions. Um, I mean, only one person died, I think, with his, like, bomb is in, in his, like, hands on one of those nights. It's, like, one of, he was one of those, like, provocateurs. Um but I think all those, like, experiences, which are, like, so, um, you know, like, I grew so close to them and they're, like, part of who I am. But on the other hand, um, I see that for some people it is obviously, it, it has all reasons to be, like, an obviously, like, extreme experience in many ways. And I think this somehow prepared me not to be, like, you know, um, like, super scared, uh, maybe... I think I had a school of mine, yeah, with like, um, let's call it like big um, political and social um, shifts, um, even in like some like parts of the society, because I can see like the capital thing with a shift, like for the whole country, it was happening like for a particular group of people. But yeah. That stands out to me because in Ukraine, you are a country of revolutions. And something you and you use the words exactly uh, kind of like these seismic moments, um, um, these earthquake kind of moments. And America is perceived to be that country that's stable. We don't have these things. Everything is clear. And so our governments are not unstable. And so. When something like this happens, it rocks us, whereas with the Ukrainians, you've been there. And you've done that. That's a very important thing to point out, because I think I, as somebody who's lived in Ukraine during one of those, you know, during, during that one of those periods and also in, well, Georgia, um, in Georgia, I, I get that same sentiment. I mean, it, it's it's something unique about going being in being from a country of revolution. Right. And how that informs the way that you look at a place like America. Yeah, true. Um, 
I had something on my mind that I forgot. <laughs> um, so you were saying about, uh, you we were yeah, that I'm from a country okay. like, yeah, of revolution, which brings us back to this quote, you know, that I mentioned in the beginning of our conversation mm-hmm. about like that no one could like could have imagined that something like that can happen in the US because normally it happens in third world countries. Honestly, I don't think Ukraine is a third world country. I have my own like reasons like for that. Um, for some reason, like Ukraine is the country where I can get laundry at my home, not New York. Like finally, you know, uh, I'm joking, of course. Um, but um, I understand. Like I realize that for many people, it is like in their mind, um, and it it has some reasons for that. So yeah, I think um, in that way, you know, even though like it was like a very sad page on the history of the US obviously i feel that it, it was also like somehow a little i would not say that like beneficial for the whole country to happen but i think maybe i saw maybe part of the americans my friends um I don't want to sound like, you know, like a, some like very like experienced, seasoned, like, you know, human being, but I felt like they became, um, they grew up a little after this experience at about, after like, you know, the realization that like, after they realized that, you know, uh, things can happen with you too, things can happen in your country, things can happen next street, um, you know, uh, all, all sorts of things, you know, like super intense things, super bad things. And of course, like we remember like the experience of um, 9-11, which is uncomparable to, you know, many other things in the world. But I still think that, um, yeah, I think that it was good for some Americans to experience. Yeah. Do you agree with me in a way? Yes, I I do. What's unfortunate is that for black people. And we've had a lot of conversation. We've had a number of conversations about being black in America. Well, me being black in America, not you, but, (laughs) but, 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 (laughs) but yes, I would agree with you because some people need to be reminded of that. Whereas with me and I would say much of black America or, or Latinx America, or, you know, we've grown up with this, because it's these seismic impacts of how bad America could be have hit us personally, directly for generations. So you're definitely right about that. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely true, but I'm, I'm happy that you're here though. And I'm happy that you came back safe and sound and that, soon to be a year later you we're here together so so that's the main thing you went down there i was really concerned you learned from it and you got another piece of america but anyway i'm glad you're here (laughs) yeah thank you and i do really agree um you know for some reason um like most of my friends in new york are either latin american or black and we've been talking just like the a few days ago with my Latin American friends that we partially bonded over, um, you know, um, underdevelopment in our countries, you know, um, and stuff like that. And even like, you know, being in the school and like in this like more structured, like, 
you know, mode of being like a, you know, like a school environment is like, I felt like for sure that's me, like Latin Americans, maybe a few of our, um, um, Arab friends, we kind of like navigate world in a different, a little, little similar way to, um, yeah, compared to maybe our like Western peers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but that's amazing. That's at least like, um, New York and, um, democratic system allows, to create those like um you know places here in the US um where we can you know communicate and exchange all those like experiences All right so now it's time to say thank you go to your favorite podcast apps and give me a five star rating especially on iTunes the ratings definitely help magnified uh, my podcast and for those who give me five stars that's really excellent it, it really helps a lot so please do that go on your favorite podcast apps especially itunes and you can also tune in to my twice a week twitter spaces show also named black diplomats where i talk about all things foreign policy there's no set schedule you'll just have to follow me at russian underscore star and that star with two r's to learn when I'll be broadcasting a space. And space is a new platform that's offered by Twitter. It's very similar to Clubhouse where you can hear me engaging other Twitter folks about foreign policy issues of the week and also evergreen stuff. Black Diplomats Podcast comes to you with support from the Outrider Foundation as well as my devoted patron supporters. And production of Black Diplomats comes thanks to Mike Hall, my brother from another mother. Thanks for listening and see you all next week.